everybody to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm Scott Gerard. Joining me as always is Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Got quite a few things to get into. It was a, it was a really another good, real, you know, all around good sports week. Uh, I, I think, you know, uh, football, uh, LSU has some, you know, they got signing day coming up. So we got recruits all over campus, even some guys transferring in. Plus, you know, whatever happens after signing day. Not to mention, uh, you know, former players uh, playing in the Super Bowl. I think we could talk about that. I thought it was two very good, uh, you know, conference title game matchups. Almost, uh, you know, <laughs> parallel <laughs> parallel scores, too. Um, but also, uh, LSU men's basketball, up and down week. But I think it kind of finished back on an up note um, uh, since they, uh, they got another five-star. We can talk about that. Anything else that kind of comes up? I and mean, there's just a lot going on. It seems it does about to be the uh, the quiet season, but I don't think we're going to get the quiet season for like another month. Uh, but uh, I don't know. See, see how you guys are doing. Uh, another week in the books, man. Good to, good to chat with you all again. Yeah, it's great to be here with you again. Like you said, Scott, you know, we kind of kind of felt like it, it's going to be another, oh, you know, maybe a down week, not much to talk about. But a uh, lot of development coming from, from LSU, both former LSU football players, uh, you know, big moves being made in, in the uh, recruiting side. And then, like you said, basketball, there's uh, a lot going on. So happy to talk about it all. Yeah, I had a good week as well. Obviously, the big game yesterday, the Bengals winning the AFC Championship. Tiger Nation hyped about that, and we'll get into it. I got to go to two LSU games, went to the men's basketball against AM on Wednesday and the women's basketball, the first one I've been to this season uh, yesterday against Kentucky, both wins. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, Kim Mulkey had the crowd fired up. They're actually like, there's pretty good attendance for that. So I was happy to see it. My girlfriend said she loved Kim Mulkey's outfit. It was this like shiny sequin suit with hearts all over it, but uh, um, <laughs> Tiger Faithful are out and about. So uh, happy to talk about all that with y'all. Cool, man. Yeah, I'd love hey, if your if your girlfriend wants to come on and do like a uh, a style section of talking to you know, <laughs> what what Kim Mulkey's wearing, what what shirt Will Wade's wearing. Uh, yeah, we I'm sure we could uh, we could afford her some time. You know, just just let me know. Let Tommy know actually. Um, yeah, but uh, man, that's cool that you got to to go to that. Uh, there's a lot of good games coming up to the PMAC and other places on campus soon enough, uh, especially men's basketball. But uh, we, we did say we want to talk about this, uh, this Super Bowl upcoming. Uh, There's going to be a lot of firsts, I think. But to go back to the individual conference title games, um, man, I don't think you could ask for a better weekend, maybe even like a better whole round of playoffs uh, than what we've seen this year, right? I mean, it feels like this year's particular, it's like all the games have been good, a lot of them down to the wire, a lot of overtime, a lot of overtime rule change talk too because of that. But uh, just about the games, man, it's, I feel like you, know, you couldn't have asked for a better matchup with two young guys, two, some of these, you know, blue bloods that have been vying for the championships are all, are all locked out. You got the young guys in there. Well, maybe not Matthew Stafford, but I think the Rams in general are pretty young. You know, Burrow and the Bengals are pretty young. But uh, I'd say we had a, a really good weekend of college, a really good weekend of football, and uh, we got a really good Super Bowl coming up. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I don't know if this is necessarily the one that you would have picked. Definitely not preseason. Like, oh, yeah, it'll be definitely. We're going to pick the Rams and the Bengals. But I mean, the um, Bengals won four games last year. Exactly. Uh, and the Rams, you know, a year ago, it was still, uh, what's his name, Golf. And um, 
Yeah, I mean, they were in the Super Bowl three years ago and they lost to New England, but they kind of had to go all in. And it it's wasn't a different. It wasn't a it's a totally thing. different yeah. team right now, mm-hmm. other than Aaron Donald. Um, so yeah, I was I enjoyed watching both the games. I, I, I will say, I, I think that. Um, I mean, this is this might be pretty obvious, but the big winner out of yesterday, um, for me, it was the Bengals, and I, I really feel like Joe Burrow is teed up to to be a Super Bowl champion in year two of his NFL career because <laughs> I, I don't know I don't know how y'all felt about that uh, Rams uh, Rams Niners game, but obviously the Rams win. I just didn't feel like they were that good in that game. I, you know, both teams struggled to score. I think it was zero to zero, um, even going into and even like a few minutes into the second quarter. Mm-hmm. I don't think Burrow is gonna. I, I think Burrow will be able to score um, on this team, and I think that yeah. uh, the Bengals' defense looked really good uh, and very opportunistic, kind of like what, what you saw out of the the Saints' defense the year they won it all, where. You know, I don't think anybody would say that the uh, the Bengals defense is the best best defense in football, but they were able to to uh, to get you know a lot of great pressures on Patrick Mahomes. Uh, there was that that kind of crazy uh, inter, uh, interception thing. You remember the the off, uh, defensive lineman? Yeah, he picked off Mahomes. Uh, he batted the ball down and caught it. Yeah, that was a huge like, game swinger. Oh, it was huge. So. I think that, you know, I think I can't, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think the Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Cause obviously <laughs> basically all of LSU nation is behind the Bengals and Joe Burrow and Jamar chase. Um, even though there's LSU players on the Chiefs with Tyron Matthew and Clyde. Um, although Tyron didn't get to compete, unfortunately, because he was hurt, but it was a tale of two halves. Like Mahomes was shredding them at the beginning out 21 to three. And then it was right before halftime. Um, when the, the Bengals stopped the Chiefs, like around the goal line, when they tried to pass for a touchdown instead of kicking a field goal, uh, as time expired, and that just like swung it completely the other way. And then uh, Joe got rolling, and then uh, a lot of momentum. And you're talking about the Bengals defense, it was two former Saints, Trey Hendrickson, uh, D line, his like almost led the league in sacks yeah. this year, and then Von Bell was safety. Um, he was the guy that came up with the safety in overtime against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so I guess they're having success there. And I agree with you. Like they just seem like the team of destiny at the moment. They go into Tennessee and beat them uh, into Arrowhead, beat the chiefs. And then the Rams are obviously a good team with a whole lot of star power between uh, Stafford and OBJ and Von Miller and Aaron Donald, but Connor cup too, man. He, uh, Cooper, Cooper cup. Yeah. Who Cooper had, cup, had another great game. He just uh, tears it up week after week, but uh, I think the Bengals are just on a tear right now. And it'll be exciting to see, even though they base the Rams do get a home game at their own field uh, yeah. in some sense. Yeah. That was, that was the only thing I, I really don't want the, I don't know if I had to pick a side, I guess I'd want the Bengals. Uh, you know, although there's plenty of LSU representation on, on both sides, especially Andrew Whitworth, who I think would be, God, probably the oldest Tiger to win a Super Bowl, maybe even the oldest lineman ever to to win one. Yeah, uh, he's like he's up there. Uh, but I, this will not be the first time that an LSU quarterback has uh, been the starter for a Super Bowl. Like I, I would have known this off the top of my head, but I wanted to see if you guys maybe had a guess like if, if i had like if someone asked me like uh did like why a tittle like exactly uh, exactly that's who i would have thought but no you'd have to go about 20 30 years a little bit later this is actually in 83 uh, a guy named david woodley 
played with the Dolphins. They didn't win the game, but I mean, yeah, this was back. God, who knows? Um, uh, but still, it's uh, you know that was that was, that was one LSU Tiger that started a uh, Super Bowl. Didn't fare to a had four fourteen for ninety seven yards, one TD, one pick. But I, I feel like Bur- Burrow will do much better than that. Like you said, Tommy, I think he's going to have uh, a, a much better much better day, especially because they were able to come back against the Chiefs. They're down, what, 18 points on the road? Yeah. The stadium that a lot of people were saying, oh, he's never played in an environment like this before. And Joe said, guys, I played in the SEC. This is nothing. And yeah, he said, he's like, I haven't played in a single stadium in the NFL that's as loud as SEC stadiums. Right. Oh, we'll see. He'll get his chance this weekend. Uh, it didn't really bother him, you know? And it looked like it was at first. I mean, uh, Kansas City was running all over him. The offense couldn't really do anything. The defense... You know, they kind of started to come together, uh, and then Kansas City really couldn't score in the second half, except for that you know, that one field goal, really. So, uh, props to uh, I think the uh, the Bengals coaching staff as well for for shutting down the the KC offense and then just turning up their own. Yeah, another another interesting thing that Burrow said after the game. Somebody asked him like kind of just how he felt about it. He was like, "This is the second best win I've ever had." And then the number one was against Alabama in 2019. Really? Like, yeah, went to Brian Denny. So he said, like, this didn't even feel as good as that, which wow. I thought was, like, pretty big testament to just the passion of SEC football. And not even the national championship against Clemson, but, but like – So that says a lot about him, too. Yeah. Um, just, like, I remember when – and I've talked to a lot of people who who knew Joe when he was here. Um, and my, my biggest kind of – and I think he's answered that question, especially this week, kind of something else – but my biggest question when he, especially when he caught fire and, and became who he is and won the Heisman and everything is like, okay, but like, is he really an LSU guy? Does he actually love it here? Or is it just that like, this was the best program he could find. He came here, he proved himself. Just he, kind of he appreciates in the, in the, the business of football. Yeah. He was just like, you know, you know, would he have been the same? Let's just say he goes to Mississippi state. Is he going to be, you know, whatever, you know, cowbell Joe, something like that. But um, I think that we've seen over the past, you know, couple like uh, just kind of the way he's talked about it, and like like what you said, Daniel, and then um, you know how his his response of of how when Ohio State's like taking credit for him, they're being like, yeah, that's our guy, Joe, and he's like, uh, no, I'm an LSU guy, like that they have nothing. I don't understand why they have any why they say anything about me. I, I, they have nothing to do. Um, I think it's, it's kind of awesome. It's, it's cool to be able to have that and, and, you know, um, and, and be able to really root for a guy who, uh, who takes so much ownership over your school. Yeah. Yeah. I saw something where he, you know, people asked him about what he, what he claims. Cause you know, he obviously went to Ohio state first. He said, well, you know, I, I finished LSU. That's, you know, that's what I am. I think it's funny how Ohio state people still want to claim me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, I get it. I mean, I, I don't know that I could completely let that part of myself go because imagine how many years he grew up probably wanted to, you know, do what he did at LSU at Ohio State. And then he had to walk away from that and start over. And then it's like he was able to do it because this guy in this program gave him the chance. That's all he needed. Yeah, same, yeah. same with the Bengals. Oh, I saw something else where, um, what was it, a few years ago when he was drafted, the actually the dolphins tried to move up to get him. Did you guys see this? They were willing no, to I move didn't up. see this. Oh, yeah, they were trying to they were trying to move up to get the first pick. Uh and they had, I think, 
two, well, they had three first round picks to like deal away. So they're going to do that. And then some other stuff just to be able to go first. And, you know, but Cincinnati was not, they, they didn't want to make any sort of deal. Yeah. So, you know, what happens, happens. Uh, they got Joe Burrow and Miami. What's funny is they, they stuck with two on pick five, but they were willing to give up all that just to get Joe. And now you see why, like yeah. they'd have been totally, totally right and betting the house on it. But, um, that's just crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think the other, the other thing I just have to say, I have to go on the record and, and expose myself. Um, that doesn't sound right. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, um, good thing it's a podcast, good, not like a TV show. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, yeah. I, and, we're, and this is a Zoom, but you're not De- Jeffrey Tubin, so we yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, when when the Bengals last year selected Jamar Chase, I was I, I didn't I was like, why are they no? Like, come on, guys, like do the right do the right thing and get a get him an offensive lineman. Now he still does not have an offensive line at all. <laughs> like, you know, it shows. It shows. Yeah. Joe, he got sacked a bunch. Uh, I mean, pretty much every game he plays, he's, he's getting just attacked. But J- Jamar Chase has ended up being probably the best thing to happen to, to him and that team. I mean, every, yeah. almost every big play that you see, it's, it's, I mean, it's Jamar Chase or it's, you know, with a little bit of T. Higgins and a little bit of Joe Mixon. Um, but Jamar Chase and, and Joe, re- I, you know, it's kind of one of those things like, you know what, Joe, knew, Joe knew better than me, which obviously he does. He's the Heisman Trophy winner. He's the, you know, going to be playing in the Super Bowl. but there's something about the him and Jamar that they're able to connect. And, and, you know, Joe knows how to throw it to him and knows how to knows where to put it to make sure it's a, it's a caught ball and give him the opportunity to, to, to get yards after catch. Um, and, you, you compare that to kind of what Panay Sewell did with the Lions, which, eh, you know. They won two games. They won two games, yeah. Um, well done to the Bengals for li- listening to Joe and, and good for Joe for, for knowing exactly what he needed. Because mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. it, it's a lot easier. It makes a lot more sense, and it's a lot easier to say, you know, we're going to get that generational type uh, offensive tackle, and Joe, like, sorry, like, leave the, leave the personnel decisions to us. Yeah, well, I think they'll do that after this Super Bowl because they. I think they already know what they have and who they they get need to go after next. It's it's pretty obvious, but yeah. good that they had the wherewithal to get Jamar Chase because it's like it, you know you would have thought it was well, it's kind of lazy thinking if you all well just if we get Jamar Chase that means we're automatically going to get what we saw in 2019. You know, kind of like what LSU fans wanted with uh, um, Jake Brady. Yeah, well, no, Jake Peets, because it was, you know, some semblance, some semblance of 2019. But they're thinking, oh, if we get uh, Joe and Jamar back together. But it it just it just goes to show you that it that it that it works. They are a good team, a good duo. And if you look back, I saw something where like the last 15 drafts, the Bengals had like 30 first round picks. And you can see what all they've done with that. And think about it. These are not, you know, names that you know, we've kind of all grown up watching, like there was Andy Dalton for a while, but you know, Ocho Cinco and, you know, some, some names like that, where the Carson Palmer yeah. years. Yep. Yeah. And they, they could never put together anything close to this. Yeah. And then Joe comes in one season, gets hurt. Then Jamar Chase gets here and then, okay. Uh, reunited. And it looks, looks pretty damn good. I mean, let's be honest. This is basically his, his rookie season and a half. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he didn't play a full season last year. Yeah. Um, it's it's just it's it's crazy. I can't. 
I, I can believe how good he is, but I still can't believe how good he is. Yeah. I mean, it's still a long career to go, but just such an exciting promise at this point, especially when you're already starting to kind of turn away on some of the other quarterbacks around his era, like two, like he's shown flashes, but nothing nearly the same. Like Justin Herbert has exceeded expectations as well. He's played really well uh, in San Diego or the Los Angeles chargers, excuse yeah. me, no longer San well. Diego. Um, but yeah. And then nobody else really kind of comes to mind like Jordan love or, or whoever else. I mean, I think it's going to be, I think moving forward, it'll be, you know, you'll probably see Joe and Mahomes duel a lot more. You'll see Joe and Josh Allen go to war. Um, I think Herbert's going to be in there, you know, with it's kind of appropriate. You know, you've got all these great young talents go, going at it yesterday, a day after Tom Brady maybe retired. Yeah. <laughs> um, still not, not, not sure if that's, I think it's pretty much confirmed, but kind of yeah i wouldn't put it past him though to just be like i gotta put the pads on yeah. last time <laughs> but either way like you know it, it, it really is going to be a new especially once brady is is retired it's going to be a whole new crop of um of of big quarterbacks in the league and, and i think and joe is joe is right there yeah and um Excuse me, and it's it's just kind of remarkable when you look across the league. All the all the QBs that you just mentioned. I mean, there's some other good QBs in the league. Some guys that are, you know have been good, probably about to retire or probably need to. Like Aaron Rodgers, I don't know. I think he's still got, you know, maybe a couple more years. But it's like all these other QBs, yeah. They're just they're these running gun types. They're they're mobile. Like Josh yeah. Allen, he's that guy's amazing to me. I, I haven't watched him as much. But this year, I was able to watch more of the playoff games. He's he's incredible. Like if, if the Saints had somebody like that, and I, I think Sean Payton would have gone anywhere. Yeah. Um, but uh, which, by the way, he's well, he's not retiring, but he's stepping away from the Saints. If you haven't heard, I'm sure everybody in Louisiana has though. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was just uh, it's going to be a really really good game, and I don't know. I think uh, we're about to see another couple weeks of NFLSU videos ads probably billboards all Man, this is like the greatest thing that's happened to lsu's media department and like since the 2019 championship yeah, really. they're eating this up with their like videos and stuff because there hasn't been anything because i mean like it honestly it, it could have been anything to, to be good for them because there hasn't been much good coming out of lsu football in a while well i don't know we'll find out wednesday yeah won't we yeah <laughs> well well i maybe maybe that yes with the exception of the brian kelly era i should i mean more of the past two seasons yeah let's get into the signing day okay daniel you want to do your typical recruit i mean i could throw it to you man because it's i don't know it's you know we still got uh, all we got right now is really uh predictions but if you want to go over the big names man uh yeah so there's basically three big names at this point for lsu fans to watch out for coming up this wednesday national signing day uh these are all people that we've talked about here and there on the podcast, but uh, the first is Harold Perkins uh, linebacker uh, out of Texas. He's like the number one linebacker in the country. Solid five-star would be a huge get for LSU. He was an A&M commit for a long time and then decommitted to them a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he was a hard commit. Yeah. Too. Visited LSU just this past weekend. So last weekend before signing day. Um, and so it's probably some people say almost a coin flip between mm-hmm. A&M and LSU. Uh, so that, that would be huge. Uh, number two is Jacoby Matthews, the safety out of Ponchatoula, Louisiana. 
a number two safety in the country. He was an LSU commit for a long time before decommitting, uh, and he's been rumored to be leaning A&M as well. But I think we're going to keep him most likely in-state. Uh, and then last is Travante Citizen, uh, running back out of Lake Charles, who was also committed to LSU for a while before backing off. And I think he's probably going to stay home as well, if I had to guess. I think it's between LSU, like Auburn and Florida, or is like his last few. Uh, I think if we get two out of those three, that's a big day. Yeah. Um, one of the three is still probably okay, though. If we go over three, though, then that's going to be real tough because we need kind of this depth and this talent because we don't have a super like top heavy class at this point. Uh, but we'll see what happens. Um, keep your eye on your uh, your news feed. Yeah. No. I mean, I th- I I think that the Harold Perkins, the the fact that Harold Perkins is even in play right now is is pretty great. It's pretty pretty incredible. Um, shows how how things have really changed real quick at LSU because uh, he was a name, you know, two months ago, we weren't even talking about him. Mm -hmm. He was gone. Like, you know, he was a guy who um, he's got family ties to LSU and, and, you know, in a, in a good year for LSU, he would be in the conversation. But at this point at this year, uh, when he committed to A&M, they supposedly they were offering him so much money. It didn't even matter. Uh, so the fact that, that he took his last visit, his last weekend visit to LSU and that things are trending in the right direction for us, I think that's a good thing that that even shows that just shows, you know, that's a, that's a sign of life in this in this recruiting in this program, um, which, of course, we, we knew there was with with Frank Wilson. But uh, to be able to compete for the number one running back, uh, linebacker in the country uh, who was a hard, hard, hard commit to A&M. Um, I, I think that's, that's great. Like, I'm, I'm excited about that. I think that's a win in itself. If we pull him, then great. But, uh, I think you're right. You know, I think he's going to be probably, I think he's the toughest one to pull. Yes. For um, sure. I actually, I feel confident about Jacoby Matthews. I'm a little bit less, I'm a little bit less confident about citizen than maybe Jacoby Matthews, but I think either way, it kind of goes either way. Um, the thing about citizen about, about Jacoby Matthews is, he was recruited at LSU by Corey Raymond, and now he's being recruited by, you know, he's basically switched his entire effort to Florida. So they've, they've kind of added Florida into, into play. Yeah. But I almost think that kind of helps LSU because now it's, it's, a, it's you know, a few, uh, you've got A&M and Florida kind of com- competing for number two behind LSU. So I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's one other name you, maybe could mention although i judging by video video i saw earlier this week maybe it's it's not that much of a, you know there's no guesswork behind it uh, and that's danny lewis uh jr this you know this tight end that kind of made a name for himself towards the end of the, the high school playoffs and um, and he i don't know i i think he might be a lot for lsu did you guys see this video that's kind yeah of like the- it was another one of the similar ones uh, with brian kelly dancing as the camera kind of spins around and this was going viral uh yeah this guy danny lewis tied in out of uh, westgate new iberia actually same high school as uh keishon Butte. um so he he'll most likely sneak in there at the end since we still have a few spots left over uh, but yeah that, that video is blowing up and people were doing their thing making fun of brian kelly but like i mean if it gets eight million views with like a no-name tight end then I think that's like a win for like the program and that guy in particular. So obviously uh, Brian Kelly doesn't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like yeah. if, if Good he was him. very, very concerned about if it, whether or not he looked cool dancing with all these players, then he would have stopped after the Walker Walker Howard one, but he's, he's over there doing the gritty thing. And then he's, he's doing the, the, 
uh, Pulp Fiction dance on this <laughs> this video with with uh, with Danny. So, uh, you know, good for him. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you guys because it, it, it's you know it's I could go either way on it. I can see why people think it's very very cringe, but at the same time, like you said, he's having fun, and I don't think that like. When, when he's got these recruits there that he's all get about, guys, let's take some pictures together. Now, I imagine it's because the recruit wants him to, right? Well, like, that's what he said. That's what he said about Walker Howard. He said, you know, when my five-star quarterback asked me to get into a video and dance, I, I'm going to dance. So yeah. I think I think they just think – I think the players must think – especially after – I don't know what – I would say this. I, I, would, I would guess that for some reason Walker Howard wanted him in that video. And then when he went in the video and it was hilarious, and he looked the way he did. I think now all the players are like, oh, come on, coach. I want you in here. Come on. Well, I think the ongoing for Walker. I was going to say, I think the ongoing narrative is just that, like there must be something in the water with the coaches. Cause like, I mean, we went from Les Miles to Ed Ordron and now Brian Kelly, mostly kind of a buttoned up type of guy for the most part comes out of Baton Rouge. And some people say he starts acting a fool with his <laughs> videos and his, his accent of the basketball game and what, like immediately there's a, a turnaround there. So like, what, what, what is happening? But uh, I guess if it, if it drives the clicks and engagement and just kind of overall news about LSU, other than some like negative stuff, which is a lot of what we had in the past. then if it drives this kind of class, like, would any of y'all have thought we would we would have the kind of class? I thought I thought great. We hired we hired Ryan Kelly, give him a couple of years, and maybe and we'll be back to you know top ten classes. Um, I I've heard I've seen that like if we get if we get all three of these, I think we're going to be the number what six or seven class of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, if 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 we pull off all three guys that we're talking about, the the big names. Um, I mean, after can you imagine after the the season that we had, we fired our coach midseason. We every single player who st- we're not we're barely going to have any returning starters. Um, most of our good most of our good players are are like playing for Alabama now. <laughs> uh, and 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 he comes in here and, and in in a few in a, like a, just a handful of months pulls together uh, what could end up being a top ten class. That show that shows a lot about Brian Kelly. It shows a lot about LSU. Yeah, totally. And uh, and not only that, but just in the, uh, the the amount of time he's done it. You know, the guy's been around like barely two months or barely you know a month and a half, and it's it's already it's already turned into this. Like he he took a well, we didn't know what our recruiting class was going to look like. We didn't know who's going to stick around, and he's turned all that around. And he's like you said, got us in contention for a like a top 10 recruiting finish when we didn't even think we were going to get close, but also look at all these guys he's brought back to Louisiana that either LSU maybe wasn't interested in, or, you know, just didn't see the potential in as soon, or they just, they didn't have any room. They were, yeah. they were busy pulling in five stars from, from here in California uh, in, in Louisiana. So now that these guys see that there's spots available at LSU, he got them all to come back. Every single one of them are from almost every one of them are from Louisiana. I think that's amazing. And they, they, that's, so that's why I'm saying, yeah, if Brian Kelly wants to put out a video and everyone wants to laugh at him and think we got a joke of a coach, I, I completely disagree. And think about it this way. If you're Brian Kelly, you're like, no, wonder these guys want here. Look at this. Like he's, he's in Louisiana at this program with all this money and these nice facilities. He's got the keys to a very nice purple and gold Ferrari. Like who wouldn't be giddy yeah. driving around Baton Rouge in a purple and gold Ferrari, you know? So yeah, I get it. He's doing stuff he's probably never done before, but he's, he's happy. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, but I did want to touch on one thing 
since we've you know brought up transfers and uh, you know recruiting and all that, uh, did you guys hear that story out of Hawaii and in, in their transfers? No, because it was it was pretty crazy to me. Um, you know, once the transfer transfer portal opened up, um, everything was you know it was wide open. It was you know supposed to be for the players that you know wanted to move on elsewhere, uh, but in Hawaii, all these players up one up to nineteen uh, in one day, in fact, uh, wanted to get the heck out of there. But it was all because of their coach. Oh Todd wait, no, Graham. I do remember this. Yeah, yeah. So Todd Graham, he was uh, he was at Pittsburgh. He was at Arizona State last. He got fired there. Uh, so he ended up at Hawaii and. He's just every, all these players want to transfer. They've been trying to tell the university this that this guy is awful. He's he like berates the players, treats them like crap, um, and they they they're they're gone. They wanted him to fire. They wanted the university to fire him, and they didn't. So like, all right, we're we're gonna, we're gonna leave. Included in one of those nineteen was Todd Graham's son. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. His own son doesn't even want to play for him. So that tells you something. It could always be worse, my friends. True. We are not Hawaii. That, yeah. But, um, anyway, uh, you know, and it can always be worse on the coaching front, too. So you guys heard about Auburn's offensive coordinator gone after six weeks. Mm-hmm. Just put out a statement, you know, kind of your everyday run of the meal. Uh, I got to spend more time with my family, which I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's truth to that. But I mean, who's going to turn down, you know, millions, right? So I don't know. I think there's more to that story, but I haven't really heard anything. What did, what did you did you make of Make that making it was very weird. There's not much coming out on it. You'll probably learn more um, as the dust settles and he actually leaves. But uh, you know, the thing that the thing that I'm finding strange about that about this this story about Auburn is it it feels like Ryan Harson, who I thought was was a pretty good hire, and and um, you know I hoped would do do good things for Auburn. Uh, I don't know. It just does not feel like he has he has real control over the program and it doesn't feel like he's having much success. I mean, obviously you, you can kind of see on, on the field, like they're, it's not like they're, they've turned into a juggernaut, but his hires aren't necessarily working out great. He doesn't seems like he's not recruiting as well as they'd hoped. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I just think it's weird. I think there's, I think there's weird things going on in Auburn right now. And, and I would not be surprised if in a couple of years or, or well, maybe even less if they make a change at head coach. Yeah, because you got to think that this is either this this does kind of reflect on him, whether it's that the guy doesn't want to doesn't want to coach for him anymore, or that that this guy has some some personal issues or some sort of issues that are causing him not to be able to coach for Auburn anymore. Well, you know, maybe maybe this is something that that Harson knew about and and kind of overlooked because this is the guy he wanted. Right, kind of like uh, what Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer did yeah. for uh, who was it at Ohio State? It was uh, it was somebody, one of his assistant coaches, right? Yeah. He was because his, his wife talked to us. I don't know, uh, but anyway, yeah, it's the same thing. He probably wanted his guy, and he probably could have stepped in in his personal life, and he didn't. Ended up having to let him go later on anyway. Yeah, uh, we still don't know the story. We can only speculate, but it is it is extremely odd. But uh, my goodness. Um, now, I think that was pretty much it on uh, on football news, right? Other than, you know, Tigers coming out of the woodworks for the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I wanted to mention one thing real quick. Uh, we did pick up one more transfer out of Oklahoma State. 
uh, this four-year starter at cornerback from them, uh, Jarek Bernard Converse, who's from Shreveport, so Louisiana native. And I think that's maybe transfer number 12 or 13 in this class for LSU. So uh, reeling them in. And we had mentioned corners position, a big need. And to have a four-year starter at the Power 5 level, uh, he can – I would almost be sure that he plugs and plays day one to start for us. So definitely shores that up. So a, a big get um, for Brian Kelly there. But other than that, yeah, I think that was it for the, the LSU football. And that, and that was a, you know, that's an Oklahoma state team that it, at one time was competing for a playoff berth. Yeah. And then traditionally like Mike Gundy's known more kind of an offensive, like fun and gun guy, but they've had a pretty solid defense the past couple of years. And uh, hopefully he's, I mean, obviously he's contributed to that uh, starting on the ball for them. So he can provide the same level uh, for LSU. Do you know what, do you know what his, like his, uh, like what his size is? Have the, have, is he a taller guy or? Um, you have to give me a second on that. <laughs> yeah. While he's looking that up, I know he was, uh, I think he was all big 12 at one point. And uh, like you said, he's already, he, like he started four years. You can't, you can't buy that type of experience, even in the NIL era. But uh, you know, thank you, COVID year, because we 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 got it. Six two one ninety five. So he's a he and he's a little bit of a taller guy, which is good. Um, yeah. So he can he'll he'll you know he, he could play on the outside too, which I, I know that um, you know we're probably gonna I think I forget which which we we picked up so many uh so many DBs over the past couple days a couple weeks in in the transfer portal I forget which one's which but I know we picked up one who's probably going to only play nickel um and so now now we've kind of got our our two corner or our kind of outside guys as well mm-hmm. right yeah uh, that's awesome uh cuz that was something that we needed you know just the unexpected losses of Eli and Dwight man um I feel pretty good about yeah, I feel like I want to overextend myself when, once we get to our pod talking about what this year is going to look like. Need to remember to hold back the reins because we, we still don't know. Uh, but uh, moving on to to basketball, men's basketball. So as I mentioned, I think they had a up down and an back up week to kind of to kind of end the week. But it started with a win uh, at home against Texas A and M. Uh, they took care of the Aggies 70 to 64. Uh, it was another game where they had, they had to kind of deal without Xavier Pinson, not only him, also Darius days. Got to see more of our bench. Uh, I don't know. I feel like they, they held it together pretty much for the most part during the game. I mean, you could definitely see some, some inexperience in certain areas, but, uh, you know, to give AM credit, they were pretty, they're, they're pretty stout. You know I mean? Their, their record was, you know, they still got a pretty good record. I think they will be a tournament team. But else, you just had more, right? Um, I don't know about any particulars. I was only able to see probably like half, maybe three quarters of the game. But yeah. uh, what, what uh, would you? I was saying that yeah, I was at this game. Uh, the PMAC was basically it was pretty full, but it was weird because it was it started at eight p.m. So yeah, yeah. or eight p.m. Central, so a, a late game. Um, but it, it was fun. Um, Obviously, there was no Xavier Pinson or Darius Days in this one. So, like you mentioned, uh, Brandon Murray stepped up in a big way with 21 points. I think that was a career high for him. Uh, and, yeah, close to contested the whole way. Um, thankfully, LSU just kind of had the the moxie in the end to, to beat him. Eric Gaines played well uh, running the point. He had a, like, clutch block uh, mm-hmm. to basically save the game at the very end. There was, like, a, a breakaway um, steal for A&M, and then Gaines tracked it down and slammed it off the backboard. And then we knocked down like seven or eight free throws in a row at the end to kind of ice it. Uh, so yeah, that was a good performance. Um, 
like shooting was a little bit better. Tart using kind of did his normal thing. Uh, it seemed kind of one of those games just kind of like chug along. You thought LSU might choke it to lose four in a row, um, but they didn't. And then unfortunately the game against TCU is kind of the, the inverse of this closely yeah. contested that we couldn't convert uh, to, to lose four out of five. Um, but at least we went one and one. Uh, and then I guess, I mean, unless Tommy had anything else, we could go into the TCU game as well. Um, I, I think it, for me, that was a, that was an, watching that game, I just kind of felt like the whole time, like, we're going to lose, we're going to lose, we're going to lose, we're going to lose. So I was, I was really happy when, when it started trending in our direction and we, uh, and, and we kind of sealed it because that it went down to almost the last minute. Right. Or, um, TCU game on the other hand, uh, didn't fall our way. Disappointing. I, I don't know about this LSU basketball team. I feel like, you know, obviously the, 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 uh, the injuries have not been good to us. But there were such high hopes for us to, at the beginning of the season, and, and it just feels like it's we're, it feels like we're almost it's like we peaked too early, we got hot too early, and, yeah. and everything is just falling apart right now. And as far as like the the TCU game, it was very similar to the A and M one in that it was pretty close the whole one. We were trailing for most of it. It came back to get it within like one or two points, like late in the second half, uh, and then just kind of went cold from the field while uh, TCU was was hitting shots, and we only shot the 37% from the field. So it's not too great. We did have Xavier Pinson. He played, I think seven or eight minutes in the first half. And then he sat for the rest of the time. So that was kind of strange. Uh, Days played the whole thing. So that's pretty encouraging, but the kind of the teamwork just didn't really seem to be uh, there as much, um, especially on defense uh, with TCU putting up 77, which is the most in a while, I think against us, maybe since Alabama game all season. Yeah. Most all season. Um, so they, they were just kind of having a lot of easy buckets. We were kind of getting um, out-rebounded on, on the offensive end, especially. Uh, and then the the foul trouble continues to plague us. Efton Reed has a perpetual game stat line of like four points and four fouls. Um, I don't really know how to, to fix that. Um, but then, yeah, especially kind of how, with how thin we are on the injuries, you get people picking up three, four fouls early on at the game, and then you're relying on your backups to make shots and, uh, we've seen over the course of the season that they can't always be uh, reliable for that. And so then you end up being very one-dimensional uh, with kind of Tari easing slash into the basket or like kicking to Brandon Murray rare gains for a three, which is kind of a hit or miss prospect, especially at this point. Well, it's like we're, we're deep, we're deep, but, but our starters are now our, what used to be our depth. Uh-huh. So um, when we, when, yeah, when you get into foul trouble with the, with some of the key guys who, who, uh, who are now our starters? It, yeah, we are reaching real deep into our roster, and it's it's not uh, it's not really paying off for us. Like yeah, just in that game against TCU, TCU shot twenty seven free throws. They only made eighteen, which is not that great, but we only had seventeen, so they shot ten more points than us. I mean, that's the margin of the game, nine points right there. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, there's other other problems as well, but that's one thing you can point to. Uh, thankfully, <laughs> uh, this week we got two supposedly easier matchups coming up uh, home against Ole Miss and then at Vanderbilt, kind of two of the bottom teams in the SEC. They're both, uh, they're both about even as far as record, but uh, thankfully hope they should be a little bit um, easier pickings than what we have been playing. People have been kind of clamoring for this lull in the schedule for a while since we started SEC play. And I think it's very necessary to go two and zero in this to kind of get, build the confidence back. Cause we're, one and four in the last five games after starting 12 and zero, um, And then, so 
if the slide continues, then you're really going to be hurting around SEC tournament time. But there's still plenty of games, obviously, to, to turn it around and get back going. So hopefully uh, that road starts here. Is that, is that another 8, 8, 8 p.m.? Yeah, it's 8 p.m. at home uh, tomorrow. They usually play on Wednesday, but play on Tuesday against Ole Miss. Uh, and then um, Saturday, 5 p.m. against Vanderbilt. At Vanderbilt. Right. Yeah. So uh, Tommy said something, but before, before I touched on it, uh, I wanted to say, in addition to what you said, because I, you know, if you're watching the game, it's it's pretty obvious, right? Um, I, I think a lot of it has to do with Xavier Pinson not being around, but you know, he came back. He, he was able to get in the TCU game. Granted, he was on limited minutes. I think they only clocked him at like seven minutes. But I, I don't know. There was just it's like LSU's a really good team, like you were saying, Tommy. You could see it early in the season. It's like when they had they had all. Pistons firing, everything was humming. We looked great, right? And then we lose Eason, and then, you know, now we're on this, this rough stretch here. But uh, it's like some of these games, though, it's like it, they all look similar. It's because, like, we're still kind of in it. You know, it's like only – there's only one game all season that I thought there's no way LSU could have won, and that was the Auburn game. I think everyone else has – they were in it. It's like they, they'd get down big, and then they'd play good defense and then come back and, like – Coming within one point, three points, and then they'd lose it again. And then the team would just pull ahead and win by nine, seven, whatever. And yeah, it's, it's very, just, I was just going to echo what, what you were okay, we're, oh, Go ahead. I was just going to echo what you were saying that we're very streaky. And then, uh, unfortunately, the streaks have come at the wrong time. Uh, in, in a few of these games kind of down the stretch or at the very beginning when we've seen us go down, like against Auburn, 18 to one. Uh, and then, like you mentioned with Xavier Pinson, if we can work his minutes up a little bit uh, in this Ole Miss game, maybe like to 20 minutes or something, uh, give Eric Gaines a little bit of a rest and allow him to, and also put Tari Eason on the bench where they can provide that kind of second half spark plug that was so effective kind of in the early uh, games of the season. And I think that's a good strategy to go back to. Um, obviously you want to keep him healthy for the, the more important games, uh, but if we can get them working in as well as a, uh, Fudge and, and Moani Wilkinson kind of in the second line for LSU really need to step up as well because um, they're both decent defenders, but especially on the offensive end, they haven't really provided kind of the, the rebounding. And then if you can get like eight points a piece out of them, then that's big. But if you're getting like two or three, then uh, you're, you're really hurting. Mm-hmm. So, sorry no. to kind of interrupt your, your, your speed. No, that's all right. But th- those points are out there. It's like, I, if you're watching this game, you can see it. It's like, I saw a stat. Uh, you, you said something earlier about what TCU is shooting. Uh, they were shooting like 52% with their mid-range jumpers. LSU for layups. These are like, you know, three three pointers, layups, 42%. And that's what I was seeing the whole game with TCU is all these just missed opportunities. It's like you can see that they're good enough to create the opportunities. They're just not finishing. And guys, this, these are layups, stuff within that little circle, stuff that you and I and our listeners could at least make 50% on. They're shooting 42%. You are not going to beat anybody and like erase these deficits if you can't hit a layup. So I, I get what you're saying about you know being able to dish time and the ball. And I, I don't know. I, I think finishing like that, it's that, that's that's what's going to kill them. I, I get it. Practice defense, but you got to. I'd make them do a thousand layups. Everyone's going to do a thousand layups tomorrow before before we play Ole Miss. Uh, but in addition to that, I think you know having Xavier back there. Hopefully it'll just help the offense kind of find its own because it just seems like they're they're a rudderless ship 
You know, like they haven't had anyone to run that half court offense. They've been good at like creating some fast break points, but again, you got to hit the layups. You know, you got to not like, oh my goodness, I don't want to get started, but um, I, I can see it there. So that's why I'm frustrated. It's, it's odd to me, kind of like you were saying, Tommy, it just seems like they're, they're a really good team. We've seen it, but now it's like, well, they're a really good team when they want to be, you know, they're just, they're not always firing on all cylinders. So I yeah. think it'll pick up with them. So I don't know if it means we're exposed or if we're just kind of in a rut and we got to build back up momentum before the postseason. It could just be that. Yeah. But anyway, um, I don't know. Do you have anything else? Oh, that's right. We got a, uh, you know, even though we had that horrible loss to TCU, which I, I don't know, I think Will Wade said, man, they were big. They were bigger than we thought they were going to be like physically. These guys were longer, bigger. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess they, I guess they haven't really faced anything like that in the SEC, which I don't know. Maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we can be- fare better in the SEC now that we've gone up against Goliath, but uh, they did pick up another five-star recruit, a center. LSU got a five-star center. I don't know if we've done that. Well, I guess Nas Reed, but I was going to say, I don't know if we've done that since Shaq. Uh, but um, I don't know, do you have the particulars on the this guy they got from, who was, was it Texas? Yeah, I got it pulled up here. So uh, the man's name is Johan Traore, 6'11", 226 center out of uh, Glendale, Arizona. So number five center in the country, um, five-star player, Adds to uh, Julian Phillips, who is a five-star uh, strong forward that we had already. Um, so that's in the 2022 class. So he'll be playing this upcoming fall for LSU as long as he keeps his commitment or whatever. And then they're saying that they're going to reclassify Marvell. Yeah, uh, and he was that five-star shooting guard that we from the 2023 class that we mentioned before. So I mean, if we had a suite of all of them coming in, that could be very dangerous next year. Um, but. Yeah, I think kind of our download post play has been one of our weak points this season, especially. So, I mean, beefing that up is always good. And Will Wade just continues his hot streak on the recruiting trail, um, trying to silence the critics of him. Uh, I don't know whether he's making offers or not, but he's getting them either way. Um, the other thing, uh, this is something I was thinking about when, we, when I was just thinking about LSU basketball kind of in general when this news came out about the, uh, the recruit. Do y'all think Adam Miller stays? I feel like I so I went and looked back at like what his you know his background or whatever. Obviously, he left Cincinnati for a reason. Or he was in Illinois. Or Illinois. Tar- Illinois. was Cincinnati. He, yeah, he left Illinois for a reason. Uh huh. Um, of course, he never got to play for LSU. I feel like it would actually make sense for him to stay. And yeah, he's been he's been a a, a scorer that we've really missed this year. Hmm. And I think so because, I mean, Brandon Murray is coming strong as a true freshman shooting guard, which is similar to the position that Miller plays. But I think having the option uh, of either of those uh, and then working in Miller, maybe even at the point if Xavier Pinson's not around next year, uh, it makes a lot of sense and gives us a depth on guard because we're kind of only three deep right now with, with like Pinson, Gaines, uh, and like Justice Williams has had to come off the bench a lot. Um, so definitely still an option. So I think so. Yeah. Well, that'd be good. Yeah, and uh, just looking forward, like like Daniel said, they're going to play Ole Miss and Vandy this week. Two very winnable games, but they have 10 total. So that's going to include another game against A&M, which, you know, honestly, maybe it could go either way. It just depends who, who shows up for LSU. But that one's going to be on the road, so that I don't know if that'll factor into it. Uh, but then they'll also have Mississippi State, UGA, South Carolina. Then they have to go back to Kentucky. Uh, we already beat them, but... 
I don't know. Kentucky's kind of come on strong. I think they're like up to number five now or something. Uh, Cause they, you know, they, they won their game against Kansas. I think they, if it wasn't for, I think Missouri, uh, everyone, I think everyone else, cause the, you know, it was the, uh, the big 12 sec challenge with basketball this weekend. I think everyone, but LSU and Missouri won. Uh, so glad we weren't the only ones that lost horribly. Uh, but then they also have to play at Arkansas, which I don't know. They beat us earlier. I feel like we should have won that game. We're going to have to play them again on the road again. Could be, I don't know if it's a toss up. I think maybe out of these 10 games at, at best LSU can win, you know, only, can only lose four, right? Maybe the, the last four that I just mentioned, but I feel like they got six, maybe seven wins left in them, uh, which I don't know. I still that might put them at like a, I don't know. What do you say? Like a six seed maybe. Yeah, I think, that, really talk I think that makes it, sense but, somewhere. I think seven and three would be a good, really good result out of the last 10, six and four, you, and that's probably pretty positive and five and five around average. If you get into the losing record um, out of the last 10, then uh, pretty disappointing finish. But I think somewhere around six and four is good. Like you mentioned, losses to Kentucky, um, Bama and Arkansas, very possible. And then kind of one other one sprinkled in there somewhere. But uh, we'll see, and it'll be exciting. Last couple, I guess, three weeks uh, of the season for LSU. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, then it's on to the, the dance, the conference tournaments, and then the big dance. And just looking at some of the games LSU played earlier in the season, you know, that we thought we looked really good, and you could say, oh, well, what was that competition like now? They're all doing pretty good. If you look at their records, everyone that we beat, you know, even uh, – what was it? Um uh, starts with a B. I forget Belmont. Yeah, that's a decent win yeah. for the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So everyone's got a really good. Everyone's got a really good record. So we, we're no slouches. We just got to figure out how to put it all together every game. Um, but that's that. Uh, do you guys have anything else? I uh, don't think so. This will be the first weekend without football in a while yeah. before the the big one. So we'll probably give our Super Bowl predictions next pod uh, before then. But looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. Right on. Well, yeah, same here. I think that'll pretty much do it for us here on Talking Tigs. I uh, hope you folks have a good week. Uh, enjoy the bye week of football. We can put all our attention on the LSU Bowl in uh, in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium, which is pretty much just, you know, <laughs> what Roger Goodell, Roger Goodell really wanted to happen all along. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll, we'll all be in tune for that. And uh, we'll also have some uh, some national signing day news for you see where lsu shakes out with uh, these recruits we talked about earlier but until then everyone have a good week stay safe stay tuned and we'll talk to you next time on talking ticks